Hey y'all, I'm Reese, and welcome to Making Meaning. Making Meaning is here to guide you along your path to make meaning in a way that makes sense for you. This week, I am joined by one of my dearest friends, Warren Lester. Warren is an engineer for a government agency, and that's about all that I'm allowed to say about his job, which is kind of cool. He is also a human-centered design enthusiast, specifically passionate about assistive technology. We had this conversation bright and early in the morning over some coffee, so you can definitely see our energy rise throughout the episode as the caffeine hits our system. But this conversation was so energizing and such a good reminder for me about the beauty that you can find and the connectivity of the everyday. We chatted about, of course, human-centered design, which we both have in common, anonymous-style meetings such as Alcoholics Anonymous, and the joy of trying to make the world a slightly better place. So let's take a deep breath and get started. Cheers, Walren. Cheers, Reese. <laughs> Thank you for doing this, taking the time. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Okay, so to get us started, um, I just want to ask, what are you grateful for right now? Wow. And, and it I'm, can be anything, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm grateful that I was able to come to Dallas this weekend. Yeah. It was on very short notice, but it, it meant that I got to see my family. Uh, before I, I start my new job, and it meant that I get to be here and see you, one of my best friends, um, and I, it's you know I, I feel like recently I've had I've had a much bigger appreciation for taking time to to go see people in my life, you know. Yeah. So that I'm very grateful for opportunities like that. Yeah. I love that. That's so wonderful. Um, insane. I'm grateful you're here and that we got to spend time and that we get to have this conversation. Um, so second question. This one's kind of a doozy, but what is your story? Whatever that means to you, answer it however you feel called to. My story. I think that's a question that I'm still trying to find out myself I'm, I'm, tr I'm yeah. really trying to be able to maybe read ahead a little bit <laughs> in, the, in the book um, I'd say I'd say the the genre would probably be something of like an odyssey Ooh. you know like like it's not just an act it's not much action to be fair but <laughs> it's not like just that it's not just a, a romance it's not just any one thing it's it's like this long journey that that you know 
began in Mady's race. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, it's taken me from Dallas to Pittsburgh. Um, who knows where it might take me in the next five years? Yeah. Um, I've I've been fortunate to do things in, in high school and college, ranging from playing, you know, varsity football to uh, doing a 24-hour uh, theater yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. thing where uh, we had we had 24 hours to that people wrote a, a play and then I acted in it and, mm-hmm. uh, and it all happened virtually because of COVID. <laughs> um, I like to think of myself as a jack of of all trades, yeah. master of none type of person. So. Interesting you say that. So I've been contemplating this jack of all trades, master of none thing recently, actually, because I recently learned that the actual phrase, the ending of it has been cut off. Really? And the full thing is jack of all trades, master of none, but master of many is better than master of one. Oh. And it is like actually complimentary towards people that are well-rounded, but it's been, the, the ending has been cut off and the the whole meaning of the idiom has been completely lost and used to argue the opposite so what has being a jack of all trades been for you in your life being because you like you said you did varsity football you did theater you're also a very academic person in terms of like pursuing engineering like you are an extremely well-rounded person why do you think you were drawn to all these different things and still are and like pursuing a, a variety of interests and specialties? First off, I want, I want to say thank you for letting me know that mm-hmm. there's like an entire back half of that phrase because in my mind, it's always been a negative one right. and I've been trying to spin it for myself. Yeah. So knowing, knowing that, very helpful. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> um, but as far as like... Sorry, what what exactly was the... the, the no, you're good. Um, what? Why do you think you're drawn to being a right. jack-of-all-trades as opposed to a master of one? It's very hard for me to sit still mm. in things. Um, I, I do like to think of myself, uh, like, thank you for saying academic person, but I will say college was, was very hard. Mm. Um... And there were, there were times when, um, I actually thought that I would have to delay getting my degree because of, I think, I think what was happening was I ended up doing a major that wasn't actually what I probably should have majored in. Mm -hmm. And then I lost a little bit of interest and it became very hard for me to focus on studies. Oh, but that's that's kind of it's like some of it's the the ADHD in me. Yeah. Some of it's the like not wanting to to get stuck in into one path. Yeah, well, and get in a rut and mm-hmm. yeah. I have a colleague who calls um, that kind of path the the rut, the conveyor belt that life puts you on, and I just think that that's so true and such. 
an interesting metaphor and way of looking at it because it's like, it's true from kindergarten, you're told, go through this path, you'll graduate high school so you can go to college, so you can get this degree, so you can work this job, so you can make this money, provide for your family, then you can retire, and then you're happy, question mark? Like, you know, and it's like, that is the conveyor belt of typical life. And I think having many irons in the fire is a great way to counteract that. And, you know, I, I, while I, I have always, to some extent, been trying to do a ton of things mm-hmm. that, like, understand it, that, like, actually trying to think about the conveyor belt yeah. type of thing isn't something that I even really did until probably, like, I really probably started around junior year. Of high school? Of high school. Okay. Um, what do you think prompted thinking about that? I mean, it might be... something that's a little overstated in our friend group, but, um, I mean, the English class that we were in was, was very influential. Same. Um, and by senior year of high school, I had, I had realized a lot of things about my own life that Mm. I hadn't been questioning before. Mm. Just about, like, being in Dallas and, and... Um, like a little bit of my own, how my own like self-image stuff. I and I, I would say senior year, I I really branched out a yeah. lot more. Um, and that led to my college choice of going to the University of Pittsburgh right. as well. Um, and from there, I it still took a, a long time for me to to actually. <laughs> go on what I would call my own path. Yeah. Um, and it took a lot of following other people's paths and realizing they weren't for me. Sure. But but also I think that that's, one, really normal. But two, also a good way to start exploring because it's kind of like you, you don't even know where to start, right? When you start yeah. questioning, is this for me? And then you're like, okay, how do I explore what is for me without trying things on? You know, and so it it makes sense to do that. And it can be intimidating as well for a lot of people, I think, including myself, when you know a lot of people that really have a passion and Mm. and a drive for one specific thing. Like, I had a number of friends that they went to that university knowing the classes they were going to take. Like their four-year plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, I had a yeah. friend, uh, my, my friends that went to farm school had, had like a, a seven year plan Gosh. because that's just how farm school is. And they, right. but they knew like, that's what I wanted to do. And they were like done check mark. This is what the next seven years is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there. And I was just there like, Oh, I guess I'm going to be an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know? Will do with us. I have no clue. And then, uh, I don't know that, that plan evolved a lot right. more once I, I started putting myself more into the picture there. Um, yeah. So I love the way you said that, putting yourself more into the picture instead of just, this is what one is supposed to do. And it's like, no, what am I supposed to do? Right. You're actually putting yourself there. That's a really cool way of saying that. Um, but also in terms of like these friends who had their four years set or their seven years set, do you think that, I mean, obviously that's a viable choice for a lot of people and for they're sure. plenty happy doing that, but 
what do you think the difference is there between someone who is maybe a little bit more exploratory versus someone who is a little bit more, this is a done deal, I have it figured out. And figured out is relative, right? Right, but. yeah. I think usually it has to do with expectation and mm. and, and a little bit of pressure. I, I'm, again, I'm very fortunate that um, I didn't have, have a ton of pressure or, or uh, need to figure it out really yeah. quickly. But, I mean, there's there are a lot of people who it's like, they are there are outside pressures for them to go into certain fields or yeah. figure it out quick. Yep. Um, and then they get shuffled into you know doing something that they might hate. Yeah. And I really didn't want to do that. Yeah. I at least yeah. I at least knew that from the beginning. Um, so I guess I guess what I would say is like uh, about that is if if you do if you aren't sure that's okay yeah. and that's been said a lot but I totally understand that knowing that alone doesn't solve everything there It's, it's you know? hard when it's, you're like you said comparing yourself to people who have this kind of plan, this set thing that they're like, I'm good, box is checked. I mean, even for me now, post-college, it's been a really interesting experience living with people and like all the people that I see most regularly are doing a very traditional nine to five. Mm -hmm. And while obviously that looks very different for different people, I'm like, I have five jobs and I set my own schedule. And it's like that path is really different from all the people that I'm really close to. And even though mentally it's like, I know that that's better for me and that it's okay to be different and figure that out. It's still hard when you're comparing and you're like, I I am doing something very different from most people. Mm -hmm. That's hard, especially in college, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I did some very different things within my college career mm-hmm. from what a lot of people in similar positions to me do. Um, I got very attached to a class that I took my first year called the art of making. Mm. Um, and that's a, that's a class that is, uh, it's an engineering course that really is centered around the idea of human centered design. Mm. Um, and that, that class alone changed the tra- trajectory of my life. Yeah. Um, but I ended up being a teaching assistant for it in five of the next six semesters. Wow. And in the semester I wasn't a teaching assistant, I was still involved with like the, the coursework and everything. Right. Um, and I think I'm the only person in the ma- material science and engineering major that has really done that mm. that has been a, a teaching assistant for that class that has been that involved in human-centered design because it's just it, it's such a disparate field which is interesting too because for me as someone who also is familiar with human-centered design mm-hmm. i see them as so interconnected but it's like it, it's not pieced together like that in the university kind of system right right yeah like 
Because in material science, it's almost all about scientific testing. Right. Of, of materials and stuff. And it's still very possible to, to add human-centered design into things like that, especially mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're developing new materials. Right. It's all about human-centered design. It's yeah. all about uh, trying to, to do something to help human beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that that was a, a really cool niche that I could yeah. work myself into uh, until I realized that the, the field just wasn't for me. Mm. And uh, I might have figured that out a little bit too late, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. And I, I still learned so, so much in that field right. that is going to be really applicable in my career. Yeah. My, whatever, my careers. Um, my, I, I'm still working with some stuff at the university even while I'm waiting to start my job. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing is like, I'm, I am going to have a more traditional nine to five. Right. But I'm, I'm looking, I'm still looking at other things to do with my own time that, I can apply my engineering to and, and continue yeah. career growth in mm. that aren't just like careers. Interesting. Tell me more about that. Finding other avenues to still explore and grow that isn't necessarily your nine to five. It, it's a concept I was introduced to somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the idea of like you have there's multiple kinds of jobs that you can have. There's the job that you go to and get paid at. That's a right. job. But there's also or or work, rather. Yeah, yeah. That's that's work. You go you go to work. But then there's other work that you do. It can be volunteer opportunities. Right. It can be it can be your own like startup or, or something mm-hmm. that you that you moonlight. Yeah. Um right now my work is in, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Assistive technology. Okay. Um, which is a, a really interesting field. Um, there's a lot of constraints because of either insurance or lack thereof. Hmm. Um, but es- essentially, assistive technology is any technology that can help, um, somebody with a disability mm-hmm. or, or limited mobility or, or anything like that uh, interact with the world. Our group has... Uh, I'm, I'm in a group that we started um, at the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. My, it's, it includes my roommate and a good friend of ours. Um, and we've developed a, a, a mouth stick holder, mm. which is uh, just... It's exactly what it sounds like. You ho- it holds what's called a mouth stick, which is something that people with uh, quadriplegia uh, mm-hmm. typically might use for turning pages in a book, right. uh, interacting with touchscreen devices, painting. Sure. Um, and there's just not many. It's it's not a technology that is super new or, or exciting. So a lot of people don't really work on it. Mm. But there's just it's not, not flashy. Yeah. And as a result, there's like no good mouth stick holders. Mm. Like they're 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 either very hard to put the mouth stick in, or they're just 
cumbersome. Like yeah. we haven't encountered any good ones. So we um, we got paired with a, a, a nurse in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. Um, to try and make a better one. And we ended up, uh, after multiple iterations and stuff, getting a device that uh, uses magnets to, to uh, hold the mouth stick. You just put some magnetic material on the mouth stick itself, and bam, sticks to the, the stand. The, and, right. And we've done user testing with it, too, uh, with That's people so that cool. actually use mouth sticks. So it's, it's still like early on, I would say, in the right. process, but... Having that full, like, from the ground up design experience. Yeah. And um, we're, we're even looking at going forward, doing other, making other designs yeah. for other needs. Um, looking at the system as a whole and seeing if there's any way that we can, we can try and make an impact or, or revolutionize. And, you know, we're all really young. We don't have infinite resources sure but i i I think we're we're doing a pretty good job with what with the time that we have and i think you know i i think that we can put at least a few things into the world that might help other people out yeah and that's that's something i'm really proud of that you should be that's one beautiful but also, like you said, if there's just something that's not good out there, like th- there isn't one, being able to take things one step further, I feel like that's just so rewarding. But also, especially in an area where it's like there is such a need there. And that's really awesome. But clearly having this kind of, I don't want to call it just a side hustle because it's different than that and more mm-hmm. than that. But having this kind of, additional space to work and be creative and make an impact in the world separate from your job has been something that's also extremely rewarding and engaging and exciting Mm -hmm. for sure and it's something that i would i would honestly advocate for any creative person or i think actually that's that, that term is wrong there's not really creative and uncreative people. Like everybody mm. has creativity. Agree. Um, but if if you're inclined to like do something, make something, right? You're drawn to that kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I really recommend like put it out into the world. Go on go on Thingiverse or, or GitHub or, or you know. There's so many um, free to use open source platforms out there where you can just even if you don't think it's good you can just put it out into the world and maybe somebody finds a use for it yeah like like don't let the ideas that you have just stew in your brain like get them get them out there at Mm. at the very least into into the into the world yeah i think that's such a great (laughs) recommendation but it's true because i think like you said I totally agree. No such thing as an uncreative person. Mm. Everyone has thousands of ideas every day. And some of them are big, you know? And I think just most of the time they're not big, flashy, whatever ideas. And so we just kind of let them fall to the wayside. But it's like, no, 
give them credence. Be be the person that is rooting for you. Be your own number one fan. Because you never know. It could only reach one person, but it completely changes their outlook and the way they're living life. And like, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. So to kind of take this conversation one step further, because we talked a lot about, you know, how you have your job, but you also have these additional kind of things to enrich your living experience, to explore, to use creativity, all of those things. And I think, don't let me put words in your mouth, but that's helped you kind of find some meaning, create some meaning in your daily life. How would you define that meaning? And, you know, why, why are you drawn to these things? What does that look like for you? I think a lot of it stems from an initial desire desire for creating and and designing um Mm. and then that led me almost down down the specific path i'm I'm going down um it i i really but it's all it's also like i don't want to do it just to do it a lot of the times i i want I want to be able to use that ability that I have for helping other people. Mm. I think a lot of that has to do with the things I've, I was taught in, in college and in high school even where um, I, I think I had some very good role models that, that really showed me like not only am I capable of, of, putting things out into the world that are that are of good quality but I'm also able to help other people with those things. Yeah. Um So to to some extent um it's definitely a bit of a a selfish thing for me of of like Oh, I just want to do this to to for myself, and you know to right. You but, enjoy the process of yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Um, but there's also really a desire to to make the world a just a little bit better. Yeah. Why Why do you think you have that drive too, to make the world better? Where does that come from? That that is, a, that is an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have that same drive uh, and I don't have a good answer for this, but I'm curious yeah. what your take I don't know, on it maybe, is. Maybe a little bit of guilt for feeling like I, feeling like I, I, I need to, to do that. Um, uh, like guilt, guilt that's just misplaced. Like, like, you know, I, I'm a very guilty person. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable content. Um, that's funny. So do you think that guilt comes from kind of the the Spider-Man notion to whom much is given, much is expected, kind of, obviously, you're raised in a great family, able to go to a private school, and then able to go to college and all those Mm. things. So it's like, I've been given all these opportunities, now it's kind of my duty to give back? Or do you think that guilt comes from just being a human being who's living life, like it's kind of your duty. 
I think it, I think it's a little bit of both where it's like okay. I definitely feel I definitely feel that I I have a a position just from from all the opportunities that I've had where giving back is is something that I I am somewhat obligated to do. Mm. I love to do it. Right. I love to do it. But it's something that I I really like if I wasn't doing it um I I would definitely I would definitely feel really guilty. I think part mm. of it as well is just that like I think a lot about any little mistake I've ever made. <laughs> I get that. It keeps me <laughs> And every little thing will keep me up at night. It can literally have been just some, like, offhand thing I said one time that made somebody uncomfortable. And I still get, it's like from three years ago, and I still yeah. get secondhand embarrassment yeah, about it's, it. Yeah, and ooh, why did I say that? Like, why did I do oh, that? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it, you know, it, there's a, there's a lot of... I think I think it's there's so much that goes into that for me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm not that's also not what I'm thinking about every time. Sure. I'm doing I'm doing something the projects these yeah, yeah, yeah these yeah, projects. Yeah. It's it's like I'm I'm also just so I'm like like very deeply excited as mm. well about about the those types of things where it's like the 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 engineering projects that are going out into the world and helping people right i I get really passionate about those in a way that's hard to explain and uh, hard for me to fully articulate uh, yeah yeah so why because that almost feels like like a obviously it's a passion for helping people right but in this specific kind of design way where it's like creating something new to help someone is like that that like lights you up where when when that passion first kind of starts cooking I guess and you can feel that you're like oh my gosh I'm really excited about this do you where do you think that comes from what does that feel like what why why (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I want I want to hear more about what that passion is like. Hmm. Usually when it when it really hits, I feel almost like like I'm 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 just like I I usually end up like kind of pacing around a room like like mm. just buzzing with with energy. Um like it's it's hard to contain ideas, just I, throwing ideas out there. Yeah. I, 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 it's very. I would say I become very unstructured mm, in how I do things. It, it it like almost consumes me the amount that I'm I'm like thinking about you know new ideas or, or trying to to problem solve or like. That's I think the part that I really enjoy is the is the problem solving mm. aspect of of the design process. It's Got like, it. oh, this thing did not work. How can we how might we like fix 
the the part of our solution that didn't work or even from just from the beginning like how might we redefine a problem mm, the like, reframe yeah like like i i just get very excited when ideas are being thrown around a room yeah. i think and It's, there's not really many feelings like it Mm. for me. It's, it's a very exciting, energetic thing. I, I guess like, it's like palpable. Yeah. 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 So that kind of energy, and like you said, it's hard to articulate and it's hard to put it into words when you're kind of having that experience Forgive me for leading questions, but I'm like, to me, that sounds almost spiritual in a way, which of course that's where my brain takes it, right? Mm. But I'm like, and obviously it's a design process, it's a creative process, so you're not thinking about it in terms of like worship or higher power or anything, Mm. but when you're in a zone where you're kind of in flow and you're in sync with these people around you and there's this this energy that's like risen up they are all kind of a part of in that that kind of spark that is created during something like that i'm like that's how i think a religious person might describe a church service right is this kind of like joint experience with energy that's being created and we can all kind of feel this this shared experience that is bigger than all of us, but we're all a part of, and we're all creating. How do you define that energy? I think that that's a really, a really good, like, description, because... I'm glad you do. Thanks. (laughs) I'm not, like, personally um, religious in any way, or... uh, but I, I do consider, I have been considering myself more spiritual. Okay. Recently. Um, and I, I had, I guess I hadn't thought of it in the, like the, the, my design process stuff in those terms, but no, you're, you're exactly right. It's a very similar feeling I get in, in group settings that I consider more spiritual or, right. or, or, or like of, of deeper um like connection con- yes yeah. yes i i i form a very deep connection during yeah. those moments you like, kind of have to it'd be weird yeah. if you didn't it's yeah yeah <laughs> i have very little else i can say other other than yeah it it really is somewhat of a of a spiritual experience yeah yeah so Recently, you've gotten more spiritual. Never really been a religious person. Why do you think that recently you're you're now dabbling in spirituality? Where what what does that look like? Where did that come from? Uh, I've been going to like kind of one of the like anonymous community group mm. type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's typically more like like historically more. Uh, church affiliated, but right. it's been it, it's 
the the groups I've been going to especially have been far less focused on that, and they they tend to use the words higher power mm. instead of instead of God. Uh, there's no association with any specific um, group or, or sect. Um, and it's a those, little bit more general. It's a bit more general. Yeah. And those meetings, it's a very similar feeling. I still haven't <laughs> gotten myself to feel super comfortable talking at sure. them yet. But I definitely feel uh, something in, in a group where, where yeah. there's vulnerability. Mm. And there's a lot of vulnerability in sharing ideas as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have to. What a, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a very similar experience in that regard. That is so, what an interesting parallel because obviously in an anonymous style meeting where you're sharing, you know, whatever that looks like for whatever group you're a part of, mm-hmm. I think anyone would look at that and be like, that's really freaking vulnerable to share whatever story you might be opening up about. But that level of vulnerability that connects you with the people in that group that makes so much sense to me that it's also such a similar vulnerability that when you're like in a brainstorm session or a think tank kind of thing with a group of people but to say hey i have this thing that i want us to try it like that that it's especially if it's something that you're passionate about that you're like we're all working on this because I feel a drive to make the world a better place and to help people. And this is your idea that you're laying out there. It's almost like offering up a little bit of your heart, like on a platter for someone to be like, that's a bad idea. Or Mm -hmm. in the other side of the, this parallel in the meeting or whatever, someone to say, that's really wrong or that's really messed up or whatever. It's like in both of those situations, you're offering up a piece of yourself to be critiqued, to be judged. Like just inevitably. Yeah. Do you think that that is where that energy of connection comes from is in the vulnerability or is in something else? I think it is. Okay. I think I mean, I, I, whenever somebody is, whenever I'm vulnerable with somebody and whenever somebody is vulnerable with me, mm-hmm. I instantly feel so much closer yeah. to that person. Yep. Um, and, and that's a, probably a large reason why I became so close with people in the context of, uh, the art of making and the, yeah. the class that I TA'd for, because yeah. really that class is all about exactly what I'm talking about in the design process yeah. and, and about fostering new, new creatives in that process yeah. um, and teaching them that it is okay to be vulnerable. And, yeah. and when somebody is vulnerable with you and shares their idea and shares a little piece of themselves, to value that. Yes. To cherish that. And to, and to affirm it out loud to say, yeah. you know, it, Say what you want about improv, but it has some very good techniques. You got it. Yes, and yes, it. and mm-hmm. yes. And uh, we would do we would do this very funny um, antithesis version to show how painful it can be. Oh gosh! 
and it was very controlled and, and you know sure. it, was, it was it was a, as a demonstration but we would do the exact <laughs> that, that opposite. makes my skin crawl yeah, you no. think of happening it's, it's, oh my goodness it's called no butt <laughs> That's so funny. And it, and it would make you feel so bad. Yeah. You, you say an idea and everyone says no, but. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. painful. Yeah. Um, so thank goodness that you know no, none of, hopefully, our students had to endure any of that. Um, yeah. And I really hope that, um, that more people feel comfortable sharing things Mm. and more people accept it with it with a yes and yeah well and i think that that is just a principle that extends to so many different things i mean like we were talking about that it can come up in an anonymous meeting that's very clearly meant to be a space for people to be vulnerable in order to grow and connect and heal and all of those things Mm -hmm. but that same feeling comes up in a brainstorm, comes up in this academic setting or in this, um, like with your group that you're working on this side hustle with, like all of these different settings, I think normally you would look at those two things and be like, okay, you couldn't think of anything more different, more disparate than an academic setting where we're like doing a startup, making a business kind of thing and therapy session right it's Mm -hmm. like (laughs) those are so different and yet there's this connective experience with being vulnerable and that's what connects Mm -hmm. you to the people there wow that is so cool and interesting (laughs) (laughs) like thank you for sharing that 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 is like making my wheels turn um okay last question well, not last question. Last question of our main conversation, then we'll wrap up with other <laughs> stuff. I, I have so many things. Um, and just because we haven't fully touched on it. So you said you're getting more spiritual. Do you believe in a higher power? And what is your definition of that? Yeah, that's that's the thing that has been very hard for me to really nail down. Mm. I feel... I feel a higher power in the presence of, of like nature usually, which is totally different from everything we've been talking about so far. But Um, even then that connection that you feel, I think, I think there's a a linking thread there. Yeah. Fair. fair. Um, I think the, one of the best examples I I have of it is, uh, we did a, me me and my friends did a post-graduation trip. Uh, where we went and saw some just gorgeous areas um, in New York and Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, and our, our first stop was Niagara Falls. Wow. And I, I, I mean, we, we did the boat ride mm-hmm. over, and I was just like jaw, literally jaw dropped. Yeah. Um, and that felt just see, just being with the rushing water. Yeah. Like that close in the mist. That was a deeply spiritual experience for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt very connected with a higher power. Um, my higher power. I just don't. I don't have enough of a of a rapport with mm. that higher power yet. Like I, I don't. 
I don't I don't try and connect maybe enough. Um, and well, I I think that enough. Like I I think that's your own. Um, that's so personal for every person, and whatever is enough for you, I think, is valid and it's totally up to you. And if that's something that you don't need to like work on building a rapport if you feel like that's not important to you in doing it. But if you do feel like it's important to you in doing it, then cool, I encourage you. But I, I just, I'm taking away the self-judgment from that statement. Fair, fair. <laughs> that's I appreciate what I that. I, I, I usually include self-judging little, little article, <laughs> like p- p- bits and pieces in my yep. language, but it is important to me. And I, I think, yeah. I think going forward in my life, um, it will help me ground myself a little bit, mm. um, to, to have that. Um, I think I'm, I, I'm really trying to live a bit healthier for myself, mm. live, you know, make more friends, meet, you know, I, I, I think that there's always... Um, a little bit of that, but I, I think, I think ha- nailing down like a higher power and, and in my own life, trying to continuously strive for growth mm. as, a, as, as a person, as, um, a son, you know, as a partner like as a friend yeah that's that's something that i i want to make sure i'm always doing and mm. it's hard it's really hard i've been yeah, i've kind of been in a holding pattern for a while um getting that that like activation energy um mm. it's hard it's like it's exactly like the chemical reaction i love i love that metaphor because yeah. Getting just that that activation energy to even start right a thing. It's almost like to tip over so then it can like mm-hmm. roll. Yeah, and it is hard, but at the same time, I think the you said constantly striving for growth and development. I think even the desire, the um, motivation the draw to do that is already doing the work Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit i i think personally that's a little bit higher power yeah yeah like and i don't you know i different things work for for different people right um but i i really like the concept that uh, uh of of higher power of like something completely out of my control but that is trying to help at the mm. same time like like that there's some good out there that's yeah. kind of yeah there's there's loft- omnipotent <laughs> <laughs> yeah for lack of a better term there's like a loftier goal and it doesn't have to be an an objective one you know, mm. it's a very personal and yeah. subjective thing. Um, that's really grounding for me personally, and that's yeah. why I, that's why I kind of 
feel like that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm very similar to you in that way that it, it feels important and it provides this kind of connecting thread of meaning that yeah. the same way, like this brainstorm session versus therapy session can have this similar thing. It's like, well, of course it's about vulnerability. It's about connecting with other people. It's about that energy that arises. And what is that? If not striving for a higher good. Yeah. You know? Okay. I love it. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that we haven't talked about that in light of our conversation you think would be important for you to say? There doesn't have to be anything. If, if nothing's popping to your head, no pressure. But I want to give you space if there is something that you want to clarify, something you want to add to do that. Or something completely new and different that you're like, I just want to say this. This is the space to do that. I think something that this conversation has, has really reminded me of is truly how like interconnected um, mm-hmm. all these different parts of my life that I usually like to think of as very like sectioned off yeah. really are. Um, if like like it's impossible to fully separate. Yeah. Like the, the, if I'm struggling in one area, I'm going to probably be struggling a little bit in, in all of these it other areas. It into yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and like the, having the, the tools and the, the knowledge that being vul- like, like to be vulnerable and that knowing that being vulnerable with the people close to me will be okay. Yeah. And that I will be, I will be like safe in doing that. Yeah. Those have been such huge, like, like things for me to realize. Um, and that has really, that has really been the spark, Mm. I would say for starting that, that growth that I'm, I'm talking about with like, Trying to, to, to better understand my higher power. Trying to to put a little bit more good into the world. Yeah. All of it started at a base level with just being able to connect. In a, yeah. in a really, like, close, intimate way yeah. with a lot of people. That's really beautiful. And I think really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's... I was about to say really neat, (laughs) which is like not an appropriate way to respond to that. But I do think that's really neat. Um, (laughs) I'm so good with words sometimes. Well, that is amazing. My last question. Give me one word. Can't be hyphenated. Can't be a phrase. Has to be one word to describe how you feel right now. Whatever comes to mind. Buzzed. Ooh, I like that. Tell me more. Tell me why. Uh, I'm just a little jittery, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We've been this, drinking coffee during this. Yeah, drinking coffee. Been 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 vulnerable, you know. Yeah. To just a, a little cold. It's like I don't know. There's there's like kind of an energy in the air. In the air. Yeah. yeah it's like just a, a little a little electrified. Yeah. You know, a little buzz. <laughs> I love that. What a good word. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much, Warren, for your time, for this conversation, for your friendship. You are such an inspiration to me to work on connecting with other people and to grow and to try and be a good person every day. So thank you for being one of my dearest friends and for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me over, Reese. Of course. Absolutely. so much for listening today and being a part of Making Meaning. Again, thank you so much to Warren for spending this time and energy with me today. Big thank you to Podington Bear for Making Meanings the music. If you want more info about today's episode, head to thecoherecollective.com and click on blog. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can subscribe to our newsletter on thecoherecollective.com so you never miss another episode. For updates on all of our stuff, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at The Cohere Collective. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lillian Reese Brown. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to leave an honest review or rating. This helps me reach the people who will resonate most with my content and hopefully reach my goal of making the world a better, more meaningful place. Sharing the pod is also a great way to start conversations with important people in your life. Right now, I'm feeling refreshed. Listening to this conversation with Warren just reminded me of all of the insights that I had while we were talking. Listening to this conversation with Warren just reminded me of all of the insights I had while we were talking. And how joyous it is just to reconnect with friends. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you feel like you're living more coherently. Until next time, love.